Hey, tennis fans, you are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. And thank you again to Hotel X, the official hotel of Matchpoint Canada, for this episode on to day three on site from the National Bank Open. Uh, I'm Ben Lewis, joined alongside Mike McIntyre. And Mike, I guess before we get to the tennis news, to me, this is worldwide news. Serena Williams announcing uh, she will be retiring, and it sounds like right after the U.S. Open. Was not the news I expected to wake up to this morning. Um, I don't know. Uh, you could tell me in a minute where were you when you found out the news. I had just gotten into my car this morning, was about to leave for the site, and our photographer Nina Chan and texted me and said Serena's retiring. And I clicked the link and and I skimmed the Vogue article, which was quite a lengthy one. I've gone back to read it since then. It's it's really something else. I I'd recommend anyone who hasn't read that Vogue article that Serena's penned uh, with the help of um, uh, of the the interviewer uh, explaining her decision into why she's going to be evolving, as she called it, into the next phase of her life. Not retiring, but <laughs> evolving. Um, and I just sat there and I was, I don't know why I was as kind of stunned as I was, because it's not a total shocker given she's turning 41 in a month, yeah. the injury issues she's had in the amount of time she's she's left, you know, been off the tour with, plus all the side projects and future projects she has to do. And as she mentioned in the article, wanting to expand her family, if that works with her husband, um, uh, Alexis Ohanian as well. So... All the best to her, but wow, that really was not what I expected this morning when I started my day. Yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose there's never the right time to hear this news. We knew it was coming at, at some point, uh, but I, I did not expect it to drop during a tournament in Toronto. And I think if I were to anticipate a Serena Williams retirement announcement, I'd expected maybe after a tournament, maybe after the U.S. Open, but I, I think it's her way of sort of relishing and knowing that she is stepping away from the sport after the summer hardcourt swing. She's come to terms with that decision. She's not waffling or anything. It's out there. We know the news, and now she can just go out, enjoy, and appreciate her tennis, uh, relish the moments on court, and you could see now, maybe even more so, how much that first win meant to her the other day. And you could tell at the end of it, I just figured it was because she hadn't had a win in so long yeah. on the WTA Tour, that that's why it, it really seemed like more than just a first-round win in the way she sort of, I don't want to say celebrated, but enjoyed that moment or acted in that moment. Um, and as you were saying... Uh, maybe strange to see it happen at this point, but uh, a calculated decision, obviously, along with Vogue magazine, this is the date that they chose that they were going to drop it. The interview happened clearly, you know, weeks, if not maybe even months ago. Yeah. Um, so she knew this was coming and uh, we should feel pretty lucky to have her here in Toronto because now the tournament, I mean, first of all, what this does for ticket sales Wednesday night where she's going to open the night session against Belinda Bencic. I would be shocked if we saw any seats available whatsoever. Uh, not to mention how, as members of the media, how amazing it's going to be to then get that post-match press conference to sort of dig a little deeper and find out, you know, a little bit more of the motivation and, and hopefully get some good answers out of her to sort of expand on what we've read at this point. Um, could we get more than one match out of Serena Williams? It's not going to be easy given who she's facing. Yeah, this is a heavyweight battle against gold medalist and 2015 winner Belinda Bencic, who, as you know, we've had on the podcast before, and she's joining us again. I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Belinda Bencic. I think, why don't we get right into that conversation now? Because Belinda and I discussed Serena Williams, discussed that upcoming match, a little bit about her legacy and my much more. Here's my conversation with Belinda Bencic. 
You are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. So happy to be joined by Belinda Bencic, who is back here in Toronto. And I feel like you must have some great memories anytime you come back to Canada, because it's the site of one of your very best performances, the 2015 title. Yeah, for sure it is. Um, it's great memories here, and I really love uh, coming back to Canada. And uh, yeah, it's been a good start to the tournament as well, with my first round win today. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. Before we get into that, that win, um, obviously huge news that everybody's kind of talking about on the grounds here. Uh, Serena Williams revealed that she will be retiring, likely uh, after the U.S. Open. And of course, when I see that you're about to face her, I, I can't help but reflect on the, the times you've played. And in fact, playing here, uh, a great three-set match. Just what are your, some, of, some of your memories of uh, maybe squaring off with Serena? Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, huge news um, for us players as well. I mean, of course, there's been, you know, speculation and and everything before. But now that it's official, you know, it's kind of huge. And um, of course, you always realize, you know, what she's achieved. But I feel like now that that it's, you know, closer to the end, you you maybe realize it a little bit more, like how like just incredible things that she's achieved and, and done and like to win so many Grand Slams, it's amazing. And I'm really excited to play her tomorrow. I can't wait. Um, I think it's going to be very special for me as well. And um, yeah, it's really an honor. Yeah, and I think it'll be a, a really special atmosphere here in Toronto, which she says is a special city for her as well. Is Was Serena someone you looked up to as a role model as you were kind of carving out your career in the early going? Yeah, for sure. I mean, she was definitely someone I was watching when I was uh, small. Of course, I was watching generally like women's tennis. I really loved it. And um, already like to to even think that I would have a chance to play her one time. The first time I played her, I think it was in Madrid um, 2014, if I don't uh, yeah. remember wrong. Um, but it was incredible to think that I would make it to the tour and like get to play Serena Williams, you know, because I, when I was watching her and growing up, I, I was not thinking that I, I would ever, first of all, like make it to the tour. <laughs> and right. then second of all, that she would still be here kind of. And yeah. I mean, so many years later, she just, you know, just plays through generations and plays successfully through generations. So it's been like really amazing to see her do that. Yeah, it's it's been unbelievable. Um, you're playing some great tennis, I think. Uh, how'd you feel just out there with that straight sets win against Martinsheva? And uh, what do you feel is working with your game these days? I mean, I felt good. I, I think I had a great um, preparation um, for this hardcore swing. And of course, the first round, it's always a little bit, you know, you have to get used to it. Maybe it's not your perfect tennis, but I feel like I know what I... Um, have to work on more and I know what worked well and hopefully I can you know be on my best tomorrow um, because it's really going to be special. I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it a, a fair bit but I have to ask you just uh, having a gold medal somewhere in your home is, is just amazing. Do you have a special place that you keep the gold medal that you won from Tokyo? <laughs> um, yeah I do have a special place. I okay. definitely you know want to Want to keep it close to see to see the memories because this is of course it's uh, an amazing thing that I achieved and I'm really proud of it. I even like got the rings tattooed. Of oh, course, I love it. Yeah. I know it's very cliche, but for me it means a lot. And um, yeah, to have like two medals from the Olympics, it's just it's still like kind of surreal. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, sometimes we like to do a fun 
fun game with uh, our, our players. Uh, we play rapid fire questions, uh, so our fans will get to know you a little bit better. Um, so I'm just going to give you a few questions to wrap up. Uh, firstly, are you a morning or a night person? Morning person for sure. Morning. So how are you going to handle the night session against? <laughs> I like night session tennis. Okay. I have to say. So um, when I'm you know playing the match, um, it's not bad. But usually I like to go to sleep early yeah. and wake up early, so I have all the day in front of me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, tea or coffee? Uh, tea. I don't really? drink coffee. Wow. I don't like coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it's weird. And I always keep trying. Maybe, you know, my taste changes, but it's not changing. <laughs> do you have a go do you have a go to with the tea, would you say? I don't drink tea either so much. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what does uh, Belinda Bencic's ideal breakfast look like? My ideal breakfast, um, I love like avocado toast with eggs or maybe ham and eggs. Um, I also love my Nutella bread. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I kind of also love the sweet breakfast and especially like the, the bakery and the bread in Switzerland. It's like the best. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, if you could be any animal in the world, which animal would you choose? Um... I would want to be a dog. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> a dog in, in a good family. <laughs> in a that's nice great. family, you get petted, you get fed, and you have a nice life with no worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Con conditional love, which is uh, excellent as well. Um, and lastly, could you name a player, maybe beyond Serena, because we already talked about her, a, a player who inspires you today? Um, well, beyond Serena, um, I think everyone does. I mean, I really really looked up to a lot of players when I was younger and I, you know, kind of tried to learn from everyone. Um, maybe Radvanska, because nice. I really like how she was playing the game. She was like a magician on the court and I really loved um, her hot shots. <laughs> That's great. Uh, loved her hot shots as well. Belinda, love when you take the time to come on Matchpoint Canada. Good luck against Serena Williams. I uh, can't wait to watch that match. Thank you. There you have it, my interview with Belinda Bencic, uh, set to take Sobe Stadium for that first match of the night session against Serena Williams. Uh, legacy talk for Serena, do we get into that yet? Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit more for sure. I mean, she's impacted pretty much every player out there on the tour. Belinda talked about it. Uh, Coco Goff talked about it in press today. I spoke yep. with Amanda Nisimova, another young American who's literally grown up her entire life, and Coco's as well, has been with Serena Williams as a professional, not just a professional tennis player, but a dominant professional tennis player. They have no memories without Serena kicking butt on the professional tennis circuit. So the impact is immeasurable, not to mention all the non-professionals out there who play tennis for fun, were inspired to pick up a racket because they, they watched Serena Williams. Her impact, obviously, on young black athletes and children who said, yep. hey, if someone like that can do it, I can do it, or I can at least try to do it. And so it's just, um, she goes beyond, she transcends the game. Her, her uh, legacy is, I, we can barely put it into words because I don't think we can fully connect or comprehend it um, from our position, but just admire what she's done, admire what other people uh, have been saying about her in the short time since this announcement dropped. And we're going to be hearing about this all summer. This isn't just a one day where we're talking about Serena. This is going to be until she puts that racket down for the final time. This is what's going to grip the tennis world, and, and rightly so.
Yeah, look, she's a she's a global sporting icon. As you said, she transcends the game and her impact on the game goes beyond winning 23 uh, Grand Slam singles titles, beyond being uh, achieving world number one and, and dominating the game for two plus decades. Uh, the level of tennis she, she produced, uh, she's the most dominant force I think we've ever seen on the WTA. If we get into the debate, I choose her as the GOAT. I don't know about you, but she would be my choice uh, above anybody else. She, she's proven that just, just to play at such a high competitive level for so long. Her longevity is, is remarkable. And as you said, she's inspired, I think, future generations. And speaking of longevity, in the Vogue article, she mentioned that she would prefer to keep going. She would rather keep playing. And that if she said that if she was a man she would keep going, but because she's female and if she is fortunate enough to, to get pregnant again and have another child, she just can't see coming back from that again, yeah. given how hard it was, obviously, the first time and, and what she went through there to come back onto the court. But she said, if I was a man, I'd be like Tom Brady. I would want to <laughs> keep on going. And she really said, like, it pains her to have to stop playing tennis, that it's not something that she's happy about, but it's something she realizes for, for bigger reasons that she's going to be doing. Yeah, and uh, she also talks a little bit about that chase for the Margaret Court record, which was not a number we used to discuss in terms of uh, we were focused on the open era number from Steffi Graf, which was the 22. Serena broke that, and it's almost like she brought back 24 from Court as even further motivation uh, to keep pushing. Uh, but for me, still 23 is, is more than enough uh, to, be, to be labeled the GOAT in my books. You are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of tennis canada more tennis to get to uh we know venus williams is well playing uh what surely has to be i would think her last match in toronto it was a late night one for the tuesday unfortunately you know you're going past 1 a.m not that many people are going to stick around a loss to jill teichman uh, but that's okay there's few things that uh, kind of ruffle my feathers at the tournament here <laughs> okay. because i love being back uh, I love the access we've got. Uh, we're just thriving, I think, you and I, if I can give us a little pat on the back. Yeah. And um, But my one, one of my few complaints would be that Venus Williams had to play her last professional match in Canada with maybe 100 people in attendance, finishing past one in the morning, and that it couldn't be a packed stadium like what her sister Serena is going to have for sure on Wednesday, and that we couldn't get to speak to her afterwards also to get some closing thoughts and remarks on her career on some of her memories from playing here in Canada and uh, I would have preferred if uh, tournament organizers could have just said at a certain point you know what tonight's going too late, late. yeah go home we'll take care of this tomorrow the forecast for the rest of the week looks terrific so it's not like anyone would be worried about oh we're going to lose days and matches to rain in the coming days that to me was uh, was dropping the ball and um, obviously on a personal level would have loved to gotten to ask her one final question uh, we're not going to have that chance now as as there is no more press for Venus and she's not playing in doubles either. So that's uh, that's it. She goes out, unfortunately, with more of a whimper. Although I did hear that the fans there were, were the ones who were there were vocal ones. That's great. Were your true tennis fans who were going to stay out till 1.30 in the morning yeah. on a work night, on a, on a Monday night. Um, and so I hope Venus on some level did appreciate what the fans in attendance, um, you know, brought for her. Yeah, hopefully. And... You never know. I suppose there's a chance she could return to Montreal next year. I wouldn't bet on it, but uh, you never know. That she, she hasn't uh, made any announcements about retiring, uh, at least from her end. Bianca Andrescu taking the night stage, um, facing Daria Kasakina. Third encounter between these two players. 
I, I don't know if it was reminiscent of their match three years ago because that was three sets and Bianca really had to battle back. But seven six six four in straight sets, but nothing was straightforward about this win at all. It, it looks more routine on paper, but for those who were in attendance, the first set definitely had some uh, interesting bumps in the road. The most notable to me were that Bianca seemed to be dealing with something medically that had the trainer and medical staff come out to her on more than one occasion, including in that first set tie break after just a few points that were played. She walked over to her chair and sat down, which is not something that is typical to see in a tie break. That's not really an opportunity where players should be sitting down. Yeah. But she was feeling overwhelmed with something at the end of the match, uh, post-match interview on court she said she wasn't quite sure what it was did she eat too much was she feeling a little bit sort of overwhelmed by the moment of being back in front of the home crowd um but that definitely i mean i was thinking is she even going to be able to finish the first set is she going to have to tap out and withdraw they were checking her blood pressure even yeah. at one point yeah I, I i think my sense was it was almost too much adrenaline you're you're so hyped up to play your home tournament it's been three years the excitement is at an all-time high she's done all this media she's so excited for this night session and i i think she maybe she stressed herself out just a little bit uh and that can happen i i think the adrenaline was really pumping when she did get the blood pressure check and then that sort of stress adds to being physically uh feeling it a little bit more so right. I, I feel like she was looked kind of physically and emotionally drained at stages even in that second set where she somehow uh found a break at the very end couldn't close it out of five three but gets the break to finish off six four there were a lot of times her kind of uh keeling over a little bit crouching stretching her legs serves were coming in softer and softer it was tough well you know what angie kerber would say of course right <laughs> such a drama queen such a drama queen right <laughs> and you know what there's going to be those uh you know who are watching from an outsider's perspective who might say that and that's their take and and i would understand how an outsider might say that uh canadian tennis fans were definitely feeling the stress as well just like bianca oh, when, when they had to see that yeah but she got the victory and i mean that's a win over a player who is just uh really finding her mark this year on the wta back to basically the the top 10 just won a title in san jose last week we mentioned that on yesterday's podcast so that is a big win for bianca and yet in saying that it doesn't surprise me i felt like this one was actually maybe like 60 40 in bianca's favor because of the home crowd because of past performance because of her capability when she's healthy yeah and because of casa coming in tired as well so it doesn't surprise me um but that's a it's a great story to now have her and Leila Annie Fernandez moving on to the second round and uh, both of them will be playing on Wednesday Leila Annie Fernandez during the day session and playing doubles again as well and we'll touch on her doubles match in a moment and Bianca playing the second night match after Serena and Belinda Bencic and uh, I don't know if you and I got quite into that Serena Bencic matchup how you view that one and what the likelihood of Serena making it competitive is in your mind yeah, I I think I feel like Bench is just playing very good tennis for, for those who caught her performance against Martincheva. Very straightforward, six four, six two, uh, hitting hard, hitting powerfully, using that that strong backhand wing, which is one of the best in the world. I, I think she has a title earlier this season in Charleston. And my question for Serena is: she yet ready to really go into the trenches against a top, top player. Bencic is, you know, I, I think she's top 10 quality. And I don't know if Serena's there yet. I'm I'm favoring Belinda 
but we know Serena is a fighter. We saw, I think, flashes of it against Paris SDS. The forehand was working really well. She would come up with big serves when she needed it. She's going to have sustain, have to sustain that high quality for a long period of time, though, against Bencic. She's going to have the crowd behind her, no doubt. And, yep. you know, the crowd is usually really kind to Belinda Bencic. Yes. They remember her title here in 2015, where she came out of nowhere and kind of, hey, I'm arriving on the WTA <laughs> throw my name in the mix of great players, and she's played pretty good since then. Um, but this is another level of player, as you mentioned. Serena hasn't faced a player like this since she's returned. I mean, she's only had two matches, but neither were even top 50 players. No. Um, so this is different. And uh, Bencic, as she mentioned to you, is excited about this prospect. Um, she's eagerly anticipating it. She said it's an honor to play against Serena again. Yeah. And uh, she put in extra practice time immediately after her match today, her first round win, stayed on the court for a good 45 minutes, going hard with her hitting partner and coach, and working in particular on her return of serve, which is no surprise given who she's facing next. Yeah, you, you have to prepare for the greatest women's tennis serve of all time, Serena Williams. Even at age 40, I think it's one of the most potent serves on the tour when it's going. We saw her use it to get out of uh, tough, tough situations against Paris SDS. This is a, a much different, greater challenge against Bencic. Let's see if Serena can stay competitive, and, and, and who knows? I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be terrific. The yep. crowd can definitely have an impact on this oh, match. absolutely. And uh, maybe we will get to see more than one match left in Canada for Serena Williams. And if not, it's going to be a heck of a send-off from those in attendance uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, and uh, second match for the Wednesday night, turnaround for Bianca Andreescu facing Francis Elise Cornet. I, I like this matchup more for Andrescu. I think she will be able to hit through Cornet a little bit more comfortably uh, comparatively to, to Kasakina, who has a bit more of an unorthodox game style, high loopy spin and, and really frustrating uh, BB out there uh, the Tuesday night. I think this one could be a different story. And now Cornet can be quite tricky. She's good at playing in big moments. Yeah, she's, she's crafty. She's tough. Got a lot of upset uh, upsets on her uh, repertoire in the past there in terms of her career record. But when you look at the draw, uh, there could be a lot more challenging second round matches, especially when you're unseated like Andrescu is right now, uh, looming in the third round, potentially, probably, uh, on Jabir. Very, very difficult. Recent Wimbledon finalist, uh, Jabir to me is one of the five best players in the world right now, I would say. So I, I think if Bianca does get through this, it's going to be Ons as the favorite in round three, uh, presuming Ons Jabir can, can win her opening match against uh, uh, Zhang Kinwen, who defeated our Canadian Rebecca Marino yesterday. We'll see there. Leila Annie Fernandez, she beats Storm Sanders to start. Now she gets uh, the Brazilian player Beatrice Haddad Maia. I, I think the good sign for Leila, at least in that first match, she didn't play her best tennis in one. In one. Right, and she's also had some more time on the court, which we debated in our last episode. But she got a win with her sister, Bianca Jolie-Fernandez. Yep. And that one had extra significance because that's Bianca Jolie's first ever win on the WTA. Very cool. Generally, obviously, playing juniors and ITFs, never had a match like this before. Uh, so that was huge, and what a moment. It was on one of the smaller courts, court one, I believe, and it was absolutely packed, and big smiles from both the girls afterwards. And uh, this is the first of hopefully many for another Fernandez uh, for Canadian tennis.
I, I, I think she has a, a great future in front of her. I must say when I watch her, uh, there are aspects of her game that certainly remind me of Layla, even just as a junior, still being smaller, but kind of packing a punch, taking the ball early. Their backhands look similar. Layla is the lefty, Bianca Jolie the righty. And an impressive doubles win. They won uh, handily in straight sets, 6-4, 6-1 over Flipkins and Cerebes Tormos. So Against a veteran pairing, that's yeah, pretty that's, impressive. That's quite quite a performance and quite a win. After the, uh, the match, they did come to press together, which was really nice to be able to ask them questions in tandem. And I did ask them both to speak about each other and what is, you know, the thing, the element you enjoy most about your sister as a doubles partner and as a sister, which was kind of funny. And this was right after they had been asked one question in French, one question in Spanish. And I'm like, okay, here we go back to English, I guess. <laughs> I don't have a fourth language to ask them a question yeah. in, but the, my goodness, those two are so intelligent and smart and gifted off the court too. But Layla said she likes her sister's quickness on court and how unpredictable Bianca Jolie can be. She says even sometimes I don't know what she's going to do, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And as a sister, Layla said that Bianca is very understanding and calm. And then meanwhile, Bianca said she likes Layla's professionalism, that she's really looking to her to learn how to model um, being a professional tennis player and following those footsteps and how to act as a pro tennis player. And off the court, she likes Layla's happiness off the court. So it was just really sweet, you know, yeah, the answers really from nice. both of them. At one point, uh, Layla kind of teared up a little bit, too, oh, and Bianca so Jolie called her on it. So uh, <laughs> what a, what a close-knit, uh, you know, pairing between the two sisters. Yeah, very, very sweet. Uh, definitely professional. That's great. A couple other matches we should just mention uh, before we wrap up the podcast. On the Wednesday, a grandstand is packed with some good matches. Wimbledon champion Rybakina facing Coco Goff. I think that's must-see tennis if you're on the ground. Anisi Mova against Pliskova, another great match, which is happening on court one. And saying that that's court one match, given how high level that is. And also in action, we'll have uh, Simona Halep is against Zhang Shui, also on the grandstand. Ostapenko back in action against Allison Risk. Uh, Pagula is on court four, also in the afternoon. Garbina Muguruza will debut against Kaya Kanepi, who took out Naomi Osaka, who was having issues with her back and retired in the second set. Yeah, so tons of great action tomorrow and very disappointing to see Naomi Osaka have to go out that way, unable to complete things on her own term. I would have loved to ask her her thoughts on Serena's announcement yeah. too. And so that's a missed opportunity for us here. Hopefully in Cincinnati they can get to that question. But uh, yeah, great action on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. And uh, we're not quite halfway through the event, but we're we're getting there. And it's uh, I don't want it to progress too quickly. <laughs> I want to enjoy it, you yeah. know. It's kind of like when you're on a vacation, you start sensing like, oh, the end of the vacation. Well, I'm not sensing that yet. No. Um, so let's continue to enjoy it. And uh, so far, so good. I have to say, um, with these tournaments, I kind of lose track of the days. Someone asked me what day it was, and I was like, is it Wednesday? Is it Tuesday? I, that's I, like a vacation thing, too. You know, when you're on <laughs> vacation and you don't know what day of the week it is anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Although... With all the work, I, I don't know if we should use the word vacation. That's true. That's true. It's a working vacation, maybe. Working right? vacation yeah. that we love, yeah. even, even though it's very busy. Hey, uh, our thanks again to Hotel X, who are the uh, official hotel of Matchpoint Canada this week here at the National Bank Open. You've been listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. We'll see you tomorrow, tennis fans.